I'm just going to make that clip my ringtone now. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the start of my podcast. <laughs> it is a hot mess. Welcome. We're oh glad you're here God. to join us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what happens when we record at after afternoon. Yeah, it's like my bedtime. I don't know why we're out here. But <laughs> no, it's 5 p.m. <laughs> This is the late night edition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Goodness. Uh. Welcome to Reimagine Teaching, a podcast by teachers for teachers about all things education related. I'm your host, Brittany, um, here again with uh, my sister and friend, Brooke. Um, you call me friend. Aww. Um, <laughs> and today we're going to talk about reimagining internships um, and what it looks like to be in an internship, to have interns. Um, as part of her job, um, she places uh, college students in internships and manages the relationship between the intern and the... Internship leader, is the, all we yeah. call it. <laughs> the internee. Um <laughs> So I'm excited to talk to you about this, especially because it's something that we don't have in a lot of public school settings, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of value in it. So to talk through what it looks like, what it could look like to even introduce it earlier, um, I think it'll be really fun. Usually I'm like, what's your job? But you've been on before. What's your job? <laughs> what is yep. your... Yeah, I um, I work for a ministry college, um, but the way that it's set up is really unique because we actually set up a little bit more like a trade school than a traditional college. Um, so, you know, they have online classes, they have gen eds, the whole shebang with, with a degree, you know, they can get a bachelor of science. Um, but they actually, um, what is the word for the, <laughs> the extra bonus classes that you can take, but you need electives? Electives. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of taking electives, they take their internships. So they get graded for their internships. Um, but the goal is after four years, they have a four year degree plus four years of experience so they can get hired. Possibly. So your job <laughs> is you don't just manage their internship though. Yeah. No, I also help um, manage just kind of some of the administration stuff on the school end. Um, so like this last week I had to do class registration for the spring, which is my least favorite part of my job. Um <laughs> And then I, I help with some of the admission stuff, too. Um, but, yeah, most of the day-to-day um, stuff tends to be a lot of, you know, just checking in, making sure that our students are receiving training. Sometimes it's even things like, you know, we, we try to communicate with the internship leaders. Hey, we kind of heard this is kind of going on in their life. How are you guys mm-hmm. dealing with that? Are they doing okay? What are some concerns? Or, or even just um, handling some interpersonal conversations because... You know, you get some high schoolers that are learning how to be adults, and they say, I, I don't know how to have these conversations in a way that is professional and mature. I and still don't know how to do that. I mean, same. <laughs> uh, I told you, I had to call our dad last week. was like, I have to have this conversation with my coworkers. I don't know how to do this. You are, like, good at this. Yeah, so we also do some of that, some of that stuff, too. So I'll have some students that they come up to me and, like, well, you know, I'm feeling, you know, some, like, for example... I'm trying to decide how to say this well. Um, but for example, we'll have some students that will come to me and they say, oh, well, I just feel like this other person in my internship is getting more opportunities or, mm-hmm. you know, they, I'm not, you know, I'm constantly looked over 
and they just must not like me or I don't know if I'm just not good enough and and to be able to sit them down and say okay well you can ask those questions you know here's how you ask you can say hey I've noticed so and so has been giving these tasks I would love to take some more responsibility on yeah is there anything um in my work ethic that maybe I need to work on before you can you feel comfortable giving me more of those projects and for some of these students that's mind-blowing (laughs) <laughs> they would have never thought that you could just come out and say that and that it would be considered professional. <laughs> You're like, right. yeah, nobody's nobody's going to question your character or your work ethic if you say, hey, so I'm noticing I'm not getting these opportunities. What do you need from me right. to prove to prove to you that I, I think I might be able to handle this? Right. So some stuff like that. That's fun, though. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> All right. So before we get into more about internships and stuff, um, we always start with what's bringing you joy this week, because yes. I know sometimes it's hard to find that. Oh my gosh, with the darkness and the cold, <laughs> and my car has been broken for three weeks, <laughs> the thing that is bringing me joy among all of that is probably our dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just got a dog like a month and a half, uh, almost two months now. Yeah. Dang. Um, and he is... The sweetest dude. He just wants to be by your side, like, all the time. He's how old? He's nine years old. Yeah. So he's, like, an old man. But he doesn't so like seem a, like no, an old man. No, like, a cuddly old man. He's, he's not a, a cuddly puppy. old man. Yeah. No, like, we still take him to the dog park, and he'll run for an hour straight. But <laughs> when we're home, like, I wake up in the morning and open the bedroom door, and he is laying right outside the bedroom door. And Aww. we have to keep, like, our bathroom door open when we shower for the steam. And he will come and lay right outside of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> So he just wants to be with you all the time. Like, I I will say, though, I also have to be careful walking down the stairs because he will, like, keep his head attached to my leg. So I've almost, he's, like, almost pushed me down the stairs a few times. I'm like, do chill. Yes. I am petting you. I love you. We're going. (laughs) Safety first. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. No, he is super sweet. Oh, he's so sweet. I know you were, like, you were saying, like, work's been really hard. I just want to be home all the time. I just wanna be on I just wanna be on the couch with my dog. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. Um <laughs> How about you? What's been bringing you joy? I mean I'm gonna top yours by a lot. Ugh, I'm sorry. But you it brings you joy too. It does bring me joy. I finally was able to announce to my students, um, and here on the podcast that I am pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so broke my friend, my sister, and soon to be aunt. <laughs> um, I'm your aunt. No. But that's a new title you'll have. Um, yeah, last week I told my students that I'm pregnant. Um, I just hit my second semester. Trimester. Um, Can you tell me work in education? I know. Um, but yeah, I got to tell the students. Um, and that's been really fun to share with them. Uh, they are so... They just love us so much. They're so caring and want to know what's up. And so, like, uh... And they're a little terrified that you're going to give birth in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my due date is May 4th, and <laughs> most of my students are Hispanic. And so I said, I, I think the due date really should be May 5th, because it'd be Cinco de Mayo. And a couple of kids were like, you need to hold that baby in <laughs> so we can have a Mexican Cinco de Mayo baby. I'm like, it's still not going to be a Mexican baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys, it's not really up to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and for some kids, some of my kids, they've been babysitting and taking care of little kids all the time. So they're, like, you know, 
so excited and they know and some kids have no idea because mm-hmm. like if their if their moms have been pregnant they don't really share a lot about it and so and they're like oh is it so cool can you like feel the baby and i'm like no not yet you know mm-hmm. right now it's only you know it's six size inches of an apple. long right is it still the size of an yeah apple? a size okay. of an apple but like curled up so like head to toe it's six inches long that's weird yeah the last <laughs> ultrasound i like Just picturing a six inch baby right it's <laughs> insane the last ultrasound i like got to see the baby rolling around and waving and it was like really cool but weird because i was like i can't tell that anything different's happening but yeah. i can clearly see that something's happening um but yeah so that's been really really fun so that's and the funny. cats like are um a little bit tiny bit more obsessed with me now that i'm mm. pregnant they come and lay with me a little oh, more often that's interesting but it's very funny because they try to lay on my lap and i'm like you're gonna you run out of that. lap space soon yeah. <laughs> yeah so but yeah it was fun i sh- i was glad i told the students when i did because i was just starting to show and having a hard time hiding mm. <laughs> that i have a baby bump Yep. I was like, oh, thank God. You guys know. Now I can wear whatever I <laughs> now, want. Now you don't, I don't have to worry about you calling me fat. Right. Um. <laughs> no, and the students have been really good about it. I'm like, please make sure I eat breakfast. Please make sure I'm drinking water. Oh. And they're like, can I refill your water for you? Do you need me to run to, miss, you know, to the fridge and get you something? That's so sweet. Um, we put a little baby name uh, suggestion box up in our room, <laughs> and they took that very seriously. Oh, I'm sure. So that'll be our date night one of these weeks. I'll bring those home and read them with Joe, but... It's mostly, like, Hispanic names. Oh, I'm sure. You should name your your son Miguel Marcos Jesus Josue. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, our big news. All right. Internships. Internships. So what – you just talked a little bit about it. So what is an internship in your program? It's just they get credit for it, but it's work experience. Yes. That you get credit for. Yes. Um, so our number one goal, like the one thing that we as staff members say all the time is that our goal is to produce the most hireable employees we can. And we believe that internships are a huge part of that. Um, cause I mean, you can, you can read as many books as you want, but, but until you actually like apply things and, and there's always going to be a little bit of trial and error to things you won't actually know what you're talking about because it, unless you've you've done some trial and error and applied these things that you're learning or reading, um, it's just it's just theoretical. Yeah. Our goal with internships is to try to set up our students that by the time they graduate, if they're if they're applying for a job, um, if they're interviewing and they say, okay, have you planned an event? Yes, I've planned an event. Have you managed a budget? Yeah, I've managed a budget before. Um, you know, we want them to be able to answer all those questions and be able to jump into a job knowing what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they shouldn't have to get brand new training and start at the bottom of their field because we want them to have four years of experience. Yeah. And I think that that approach is kind of like an oh, duh expectation when you talk about it. But we live in a culture that doesn't actually do that super well no and Edith and I talked about this when we talked about first year teachers we talked about our college program and one of the reasons I chose that program was because you had to do three semesters of student teaching yes. and so it wasn't four years of experience but I at least had a year and a half yeah of teaching under someone else or with someone else in a school before I had a job so similar I could say yes I've taught that kind of group yes I've done this yeah. kind of work 
or something similar enough. Yeah. Um, but with teaching, there is such an expectation of you're not, you're not going to know what you're doing for the first five years. And so it makes it really hard when you do have that experience. They yeah. still look at numbers, mm-hmm. like how many years you've been in the field. Yeah. Um, and there's a degree of like, you know, at this point, I'm pretty confident in my classroom skills. But now trying to do more leadership within the school building Mm. and I don't have an administrative degree or Mm. any classes on how to run a team of adults like (laughs) I can do centers with students all day long yeah how do I you know the the professional conversations with my peers yes I don't know we never talked about that yeah and that wasn't something like expected of me in student teaching Mm -hmm. and so um so there is a degree of like you know, if that's a skill you expect people to be able to do, how do you, can you train them before mm-hmm. they need it? <laughs> yes. Because I feel like right now I'm learning it as I go. Like, <laughs> well, and that's not helpful also because then, I mean, you're a teacher already. So do you have a designated mentor that you can go to? Right. Is there somebody that's going to take the time of day that has the skill set even or the temperament? to be able to walk you through those things. Right. You know? And I think that that's one thing that... Sorry, I'm trying to just... I I don't want to skip too far ahead in this conversation. Well, let me ask you this. What was your... So, I had to do student teaching. Yes. There was clearly some things I'm missing in my training. (laughs) That now, like... And it's been really hard. I mean, we have professional development in our district, but we don't have it in the areas that I want. Mm. They'll tell me how to be a better teacher and how to use my curriculum better, but there's not, like, how to run a department meeting. Yes. That's the professional development I need. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're missing that. And, yeah, so then I would have to find a mentor. I'd have to find someone yeah. um, who has the time and energy and understands me well enough to be able to mm-hmm. have a conversation, which is hard. And it would be unpaid. Um, I mean, it would be in our free time. So when you... Well, that's an unfair question. Did you do internships when you were in college? You did because... (laughs) Yes. So I actually graduated from the program that I now work for. (laughs) So (laughs) I did the four-year degree with the four years of internship. I mean, technically, mine was a little accelerated, so mine was actually only three years. But anyways, um, so I, I graduated from this program. I was an intern through this program and then was brought on staff the summer after I graduated. Um, so that offered me and still does offer me a really unique insight into my job. Um, and frankly, it, it makes my job a little easier <laughs> because when I'm having conversations then with people who are older than me, who have more years under their belt, who have you know more lines on their resume, and I disagree with something they might be saying, it's really helpful for me to be able to say, hey, as an intern who experienced this, yeah. here's some of the walls that we hit. Here are some of the things that once I was hired, I realized I was missing. Um, here's you know, maybe some of the things that I overheard that maybe we need to change our attitude towards interns or the ways that we talk to interns. Here's some of the internships that I had that did really well, that were were really well done, and here's some of the areas where some of the internships I did were a little lacking. Yeah, when um, you say four years of internships, you, you have your students do a different one every semester, right? Not necessarily. Um, so 
it's actually it tends to be more about year. Okay. Um, but there's still it's not the same thing for four years. Like they're expected to work with different people in different departments. Hopefully. Yeah, they don't they don't necessarily change every year, um, but we do have a requirement. So, like for example, we are a ministry college, <laughs> so all of them intern in the church because that's what they're going to school for, um, and our church has three different sites. So we do have a requirement that they have to intern at our main like central location and they have to intern at one of our extension sites yeah and the size difference is huge oh it's a huge size so difference. that's i mean just getting to know like i don't yeah. know that you guys use the term mega church but knowing how things function at a really really large campus versus yeah. really small one yes and it's being able to say i, I have experience dynamics. in those two yeah and then we do have some students that you know, they, they try one department their freshman year and realize that it's actually not for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they try something else. Um, or, you know, we have one student that, that his goal is to be a church planter. So we're like, okay, <laughs> church planters, like, you, you don't have a staff. You don't have a team. You have to know how to do everything. And so his goal is to do a different internship each year mm-hmm. because that's what he needs to be well-rounded for his field. Yeah. But for you, it was valuable, not only because that's your job now, but because you were able to build those skills. Yeah. And honestly, it was really helpful for me to be able to figure out, like, I interned in youth ministry for a little bit and realized, oh, I actually don't enjoy this. (laughs) I'm actually not good at this. Well, that was huge Um, for you because that's where you had volunteered as... Yeah. I mean, you had been volunteering. Yeah, I was super You've been super involved involved as a leader... It's then to, like, do a, an official internship and be like, oh, no, yeah, not for me. And it was nice that I was able to do it early enough that I had enough time to pivot. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was also great because I, I was able to figure out, like, there were some things in the internship that I realized I was good at mm-hmm. and I did enjoy. And there were other aspects that I just realized I'm like, listen, I wish I was great at it all. I wish I could yeah, be all I don't do whipped cream pie in my face. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, I don't don't ask me to help you play games. I'm not a fun person. <laughs> like, card games. So sorry. Canasta. <laughs> I can do card games, but no middle schooler cares about card games. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and that I mean the conversation Edith and I had, we did the same thing. If you're gonna do, you know, student teaching internship stuff, it has to be early enough that there is a a value just to realizing it's not for you. Mm. In our college program, we didn't do any student, any teaching practicums until your junior year. Mm-hmm. And we were at a private school. So by then you've already sunk how much money oh. into your degree. A lot. <laughs> that, you know, we had a kid, he was like, I really just want to play soccer and coach soccer. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think, a history or Spanish major or something. And he was like, I hate teaching. Mm. But I have to finish because... I'm already it's, halfway through. It's like the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's not a fallacy. I mean, in his case, it was a very <laughs> real amount of money. Very real sunk cost. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so to do it early enough that people can say, oh, actually, no. Yeah. I learned something valuable from it, but I, yeah. I need to pivot. And I will also say, I think there's also value to being able to be in these situations where you're young enough that making a mistake doesn't feel as final. Mm. You know, like, 
if you just got hired on as a staff member and you just completely screw up, <laughs> you know, the fear of, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're going to know I have no idea what I'm doing. They're going to think I'm terrible. They're going to fire me because I can't do my job. But being an intern, it's, no, I'm still learning. I'm literally paying you to teach me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and part of learning is failing. And so I didn't do so hot this time. But that's okay because I'm not supposed to be a professional at this. Yeah. I'm supposed to be a beginner. Yeah. To have that safety net, like you said, to make mistakes. Yeah. Which sometimes in work environments, they do an awesome job setting that up even for employees. But that's not true everywhere. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say, yeah, I made some of my worst mistakes when I was still learning. Yes. And now I can learn, you know, move forward from that. Yeah. Is huge. Is there anything else that you think is really valuable about internships? It depends on how the internship is run. Okay. (laughs) What about for um, the internship leader? Like, what's the value in it for someone who's like, I am a professional, why do I need to... Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, I'm I'm saying that because I know you hear this question a lot. Like, I'm a professional, why do I have to spend time with kids who don't know what they're doing? Well, (laughs) I feel like that's not even necessarily what people would say if I can correct that I think more often what we hear is oh my gosh I would love to have an intern because I have so many little tasks that I don't have the time for mm. and I'd I love th- to have an aide is what they mean yes and the I secretary. think <laughs> I want somebody to sort my paperwork I want somebody to stack the chairs I you know I want somebody to run and grab my coffee no 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 <laughs> You know, so aside from like taking half of your to do list, what can in a well run internship, what can the value be for the leader? Okay, not much. (laughs) That's the thing is with a good internship, the intern leader gives more than they receive. Um, Let me put it this way. Right. So so sometimes. At work, we talk about um, A, B, and C priorities, or A, B, and C tasks. (laughs) C tasks are the things that are pretty brainless. Mm -hmm. They're easy to do, but they're recurring, so they never actually get done. These are things like checking your email. Right. You always have to do it. It always takes up a big chunk of your day. So it's not challenging, but it's... It doesn't actually make much room for improvement, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't make a big difference. A tasks are things that are challenging, they are time-consuming, they are energy-consuming, but they pay off better in the long run. So this is things like if you have to have a restructuring conversation. Those are things that take months. Yeah. Those are things that take so much out of you. Or if if you're launching some sort of new program, the... Again, it's a huge commitment, and so often we put those things off because we know that they're going to take a lot of time. Yeah, and emotional energy. And Yes, and so I think oftentimes when people think of interns, they think, oh, I have somebody who, oh, and then B terms would be somewhere in the middle, yeah. right? <laughs> so a lot of times when people think of interns, they think, oh, I have somebody who can take on my C tasks mm-hmm. so that I can focus more on my A and B. But that doesn't set up the future generations to be able to handle the A and B tasks. Right. And 
it definitely doesn't set up like your future coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one of <laughs> that's another one of my things is I'm like you need to be training these interns as if you might be the one hiring them four years from now. Right. And by the time they graduate, if you if they don't have the resume that you would hire them, you then you didn't do a good a job. job good enough job training them. <laughs> yeah. Um but anyways, back to the back to the ANC tasks. I feel like we need to be spending time training our interns how to do the A and B tasks. Oh, wait. Well, that too. Um, but the thing with interns is I believe that training interns is an A task. Mm. It is time consuming. It is emotionally draining. Yeah. Sometimes they are going to do something wrong and they will have to completely restart the program from th- that project from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> but if you commit that time into doing it... Now you have an individual who can not only handle your C tasks, but can also take on some of your B tasks and can take on some of your A tasks. Yeah. And even though you've had to invest a lot more time and effort on the front end, you get a lot more benefit out of them as a worker, as yeah. an employee, <laughs> for lack of a better term, than if you hadn't even invested that effort in, in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But understanding that it is an investment. Absolutely. I mean, so in the education world, we have student teachers. And we get we get compensated, kind of. It's like 100 <laughs> bucks in a gift card. Um, so there's not any monetary, really, compensation sure. for it. And it is. The good student teaching programs are way more work for the classroom teacher than if they just taught their class themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and that was a com- part of the conversation Edith and I had too. Edith said, you know, but you're um, helping your future coworkers. Yes. Your future department chair, your future admin. Yeah. Like, you get to be part of that. So, like, why wouldn't you want to invest and help yeah. them grow? Yeah. To be someone you actually would want to work beside. Yes. Instead of someone who's like, my inbox is empty. And you're like, <laughs> what about the big project coming up next week? Oh, yeah, I didn't really get to that. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to work with that person. But that's what you're training if you're... And we often, honestly, we compare it to, like, college for doctors, right? Mm -hmm. If you drop below a certain grade average as a college student, if you're going to be a doctor, you get kicked out of the program. And let's be honest, you don't want a D student doctor working on your body. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, And so... We keep that mentality in, in our program, too, is, you know, listen, we're, we're, we're not training people to work on people's bodies. <laughs> we're training people to work on people's souls, on their spirits, on their emotional health, on their relational health. And so in the same way, do you really want a D student right. pastor to be caring for your family's emotional and mental and spiritual health right (laughs) and if not then maybe you can help with that yeah (laughs) so what is your your um you can refer to your notes now what is a what is a good she pulls her notebook out (laughs) what is a good internship um look like i think a good internship um involves a lot more communication than you realize (laughs) because on one hand 
college students are just coming out of high school. A lot of high school is, it's notes, it's fill in the blanks, it's taking a test. Everything is very descriptive of here's what you do. Sit and get. Yes. And so to transition into a work atmosphere where it's like, listen, you just got to observe and take it in and roll with it is hard for a lot of students. So um, a big part of it is slowing down and, and actually giving a few more instructions. I think like the biggest example of this is the, the, there's like the four steps of learning, right? Of I do, you watch, and then we review. Hmm. And then I do, and you help, and we review. And then you do, and I help, and we review. And then you do, and I watch, and we re- review. So it's this slow process of, of giving ownership to yeah. the student, right? But I think <laughs> sometimes people are like, oh, well, well, I did it, and they watched, and then I did it, and they helped, and, and then they went to do it, and I went to help, and it just all fell apart, and they just weren't getting it. Mm. But usually it's like, well, did you review? <laughs> right. Like, did they actually understand the why of of why you did what you did? Um, I think that's so important. And so it's, it's things as easy as, for example, one, one f- piece of feedback that um, I felt a lot as a student, as a student, me and my fellow classmates were like, these really important meetings are happening. We have no idea what are hap- what's happening in these meetings. They just come out of these meetings and tell us what to do. So we really want to know what's happening in those meetings. Right. And how in the world are we supposed to know how to function in a meeting if we've never been in a meeting? <laughs> right. Um, and the internship leaders came back and said, well, just the meetings are really boring. What's the point? They're just going to sit there and listen. It's like, well, yeah, but even that's valuable. <laughs> right. You know, and, and so... One of, in that example, I'm like, okay, you bring a student into the meeting, and before the meeting starts, you say, okay, while you're listening, while you're observing, here are the things I want you to think about. Right. And and for me, I've, I've done this before when I had an intern. I gave her a copy of the meeting notes, um, and I said, okay, while we're doing this meeting, I want you to take notes. If you were running this meeting, I want you to write notes about what questions you would ask in this meeting, what kind of information do you think is missing. Um, I want you to, um, I think some of the big, biggest questions that I ask is, is there anything about the way that this meeting is run that surprises you? Mm -hmm. And if you were running this meeting, would you have done anything differently? And to be in that, as a student, to be in that, that brain space of, okay, I'm going to be analyzing this and here's the questions I'm going to ask myself is very different than I'm just sitting in the corner of this meeting. <laughs> yeah, and it makes for great conversations after. Yes. Especially the the why, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, if I was during this meeting, we have conversations like those with our students all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we have to have assigned seats? If I was a teacher, everyone could sit yeah. where they wanted. Okay, then come try to teach while there's 10 kids at the back table on their phones. Yeah. You know, and in my case, I'm pregnant and I can't get to the back table because I already don't fit between the rows of seats. Yeah. Um, you know, from my perspective, and even just with, I mean, I told you before we started, you know, conversations that I've had with admin where they're like, well, you can't do that. Why? And I'm like, you know, I wish they had asked a question like that. You know, mm. hey, well, if I was yeah in your shoes, I would have done blank. And yeah. I could say, oh... 
well, here's my why. Yes. You know, and maybe, and I think it, especially when you're new to a situation, it helps you get some clarity mm-hmm. on. Yeah. You know, as, you know, if you were doing that with a student, the student could say, well, I would have done this. And you could have been like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And sometimes the students do have good ideas. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you know, you I know? adapted this or I, you know, inherited this agenda from the previous person. And you're yeah. right. I think we should flip it around. Or you yeah. can say, actually, here's why we start with the really heavy stuff. Because. Yeah. Everyone's caffeine wears off and we get tired by the end. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff they don't think and about. And sometimes it's even like, honestly, one of the reasons why I like those questions of how would you do things differently is because let's be honest, not every leader is a good leader, but mm. we can still learn from the leaders who are bad leaders. Yeah. We can learn what not to do, <laughs> you know, which sounds terrible and I hope that nobody I work with takes that personally. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I do think that's a part of it. But it all, can also be really encouraging for our students that they say, oh, well, I had written down that I would have asked this, you know, these three questions, and you did ask them. So that was really encouraging for me that I was on the right track. Um, I feel like especially in our job, this is really helpful because being a church, we have a lot of conversations where it's like, okay, we need to talk about some character issues Hmm. where maybe things are sensitive or things are really personal or they're private. Um, And to be able to even be able to talk our students through that of okay so somebody just reco- reported sexual abuse right if you get hired as a pastor and you've never had to be around that conversation before you're going to be completely blindsided right and that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be in the room for all those conversations you know i think sometimes that's that's a tricky road too because sometimes it's like oh well you know, um, we just had to ask this volunteer to step down because they broke our, our code of con of con- yeah. what's the word code, yeah, of, code of conduct. conduct. Um, and the and the intern goes, well, I don't understand why they're not showing up. I don't understand why um, they just suddenly got cut off from our community. That just doesn't feel right. You know, and if we don't talk about those things at all, <laughs> that's really damaging too. Yeah. But to be able to sit them down and say, hey, listen, you haven't been involved in these conversations because we want to respect their privacy. But just so you know, this is kind of sort of what happened. And as a leader, my concerns have to be A, B, and C. I have to worry about the safety of our students. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to worry about the legality of our program. Um, but I do also need to worry about that person as an individual. And so here's how I've been handling those conversations. Yeah. Here's how I've been taking care of that person while maintaining boundaries for the other people that, that we serve. Um, and even just being able to talk them through those situations sets them up for success when they have to deal with that hard stuff themselves. Or at least, at the very least, you're setting up a relationship where if that's a situation they come to in a job they have, mm-hmm. they can say, oh, I remember having this conversation with Brooke. And can call you or email you or text mm-hmm. you and say, hey, I remember this happened when I was your intern. Now I'm, you know, yeah. in charge. Yeah. How did we do that again? Yeah. I just remember being really impressed with how you did it and wanted to know the steps you took. Um, which is the other thing I love about the way program you guys have is because you require students to do at least two different placements. They get to meet different people. Yes. And see how different people work. And can say, you know, oh, that feels more true to me you know Mm -hmm. how that person works is more similar to me that's somebody I'll reach out to later that person 
I learned what not to do and we can move, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, for like a student teaching example, we have one, typically you have one student teacher. Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't click, it doesn't um, mesh, then you're just like yeah. on your own. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even get a letter of recommendation from my student teacher. <laughs> so, you know, to be, to like go back to my student teachers the next year and ask questions, absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, but to be in that role and to be able to say... You know, here's the the stuff that goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and my reasoning, my thought process through it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we just, in general, and I know your job and the job you're preparing students for is kind of a heavy role. Um, but in any job, unless you are working in it, you don't know the behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think of, you know, dad, our dad is... Um, a mechanic on the side and trying to show my brothers but like the you know the very real like I cannot promise someone I'll have their car done tomorrow Mm -hmm. because you know I haven't even looked Mm -hmm. to see what the problem is last time we did a brake job on my car it took three weeks because we didn't realize how rusted everything is and stuck together and we had to buy six times more parts I know you're like like, my brake job is currently on week four so um (laughs) You know, but for my brothers who now can do brakes, they also know the very real um, danger of, you know, <laughs> waiting too long to work on your brakes <laughs> or, or promising a job in a certain time frame that's probably yes. not realistic. Yes. And so, you know, for my students who, um, you know, who want to be a mechanic, I'm like, go work with someone who's does mm-hmm. cars because you'll see really quickly <laughs> the yeah. the behind the scenes. This you know. isn't no, no like cool grease lightning sort no. of. <laughs> montage no you know half your job is just putting tools away yeah like, that's not fun yeah or people getting mad because you didn't do it right yes. and and i think like that is such <laughs> that is also what makes our program so unique is because people have an idea in their head of what a pastor looks like and how they act mm. you know like well the pastor is always supposed to be gracious and the pastor is never supposed to get impatient. And they're never supposed to get frustrated. Yeah. And then you work with them and you're like, oh, right, you're a human. Right. Um, you know, or people get these ideas. They're like, oh, well, the, the pastor is always prayed up and always spiritual. And it's like, no. <laughs> Sometimes they don't get into Sunday service because they're too busy chasing down kids and trying to keep them from pulling the fire alarm. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and so even to be able to kind of curb those expectations for our students and say, listen, we're not just holding hands, singing hymns, and praying. Right. <laughs> you know, there's there's also budgets that have to happen, and um, there's research that has to happen, and tons of admin work. We have to put together mailers, and we, you know, and then there's the mentorship, and then there's the people that come in off the street and say, hey, I need groceries, and, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, I think, like, um, for a while, one of our brothers was like, I'm a professional basketball player. It's like, okay, they work, like, crazy hard. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, I hate to throw basketballs around. It's super cool. Yeah. Like, they train seven days a week. They're on really strict diets. They don't really have lives. Like, yeah, I like cookies too much. Right. But so, in general, not that any of my students are going to intern with professional basketball players. <laughs> um, but in general, I think, yeah, the value of in any position you want to go to or any field you want to go to, having some experience with the behind the scenes yeah. so that... You're not blindsided when the curtains opened and yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, that's what it actually looks like back yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and a lot of high school students, you know, do have um, 
like part-time jobs and they work at mm-hmm. restaurants and they'll tell me like no everyone's cussing at each other in the back and then they come out and they're like here's your food have a great day mm-hmm. and then they go back you know yeah. and they understand that a little but I think you when you're going into professional you know more professional positions you tend to think that it's gonna be everyone's gonna be more professional <laughs> and it's like no, no. not necessarily <laughs> adults have bad days too yeah 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 so for um so next step. So applying this to the field of education. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you think internships are valuable. Do you think that's something that we should be pushing high school students to do more of? More work experience, internship style? That's a good question. I've, I'm have i going to need a second to think about that because I've never thought about it in, <laughs> in high school terms. And one of the challenges, as you're thinking about it, like you said, you have really high expectations for your students. You mm-hmm. have to maintain a C average or whatever average, mm-hmm. you know, because this is what you want to do. And we need to know you can do it well. And one of the challenges with high school is we have some, we have a handful of programs. We have a nursing program. Mm-hmm. So if they're ahead on credits and maintaining, I think it's a C average, mm-hmm. they can start taking nursing classes as juniors and seniors with a local community college. Yeah. Um, I know for sure nursing, I think actually any classes they want to take with a community college, they get dual credit. So yeah. they'll get an elective credit at the high school and they'll get their college credit. Yeah. But they have to maintain a C average. Um, and they have to be ahead on credits mm. or at least on track for credits. Yeah. So for the students I work with, they come in freshman year, they don't have the study skills, the work ethic, the um, attendance yeah. to pass all their classes. They start sophomore year behind um, in credits, and so that's never an option for them. Mm, yeah. Because now we're just playing catch-up for the next three yeah. years. And so the dual credit programs in any field is just not an option for them, yeah. which sucks. I know there's so many different ways that you can approach this, right? When you talk about the value of practical hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. For one, it's a learning style. Some kids just learn better hands-on. <laughs> Um, you know, I also, I think back to the conversations that you and Edith had on on her podcast episode of grading. I think we've all heard the stories. We've all heard the commentary. We've probably all even said it when we were in high school of what is the point in learning this? Yeah. I think that hands-on education or internships or something a little bit more practical, like trade school style answers that question Mm -hmm. for example the biggest one that i can think of how many you know everybody has to take at least one math class a year most people graduate high school with bare minimum like algebra one right right i don't use most of the stuff i learned in algebra our college students who are learning to become adults don't use half the stuff they learned in algebra do you know what they would use if they had been taught how to do it budgeting right (laughs) different ways to track money they have no idea how to budget they have no idea where their money is going yeah they have no idea how to save for their future they have no idea what what's a reasonable cost for something yeah you know things like that so in that way i think you know listen if (laughs) there's there's the aspect of some kids just have the brain for the kind of learning that happens in traditional education. Mm -hmm. And they can go on to be mathematicians. They can go on to be historians. That's all fine and dandy. But not everybody is going to be those things. Right. So it might be better to set them up for success 
to say, let's figure out what you are good at, what you can contribute to the world as an adult, and start training you in that. Because also, part of me is like, and this is the emotional compassionate side of me, is I'm like, maybe then at least we can save them four years of feeling like they're a failure because they're not good at test taking. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think doing hands-on stuff is So even if, I mean, so big picture, you know, make every high school a trade school or whatever. But for me, for my students, making more practical applications of what we're doing and more hands-on. So I teach ESL. Most of our stuff is grammar and writing (laughs) is what we really struggle with. Um, Or listening even. Like, I like your, your thought of, like, if you're listening in on a meeting... You know, what other questions would you ask? What kind of... Because that's very practical, that, very applicable to a lot of different jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And that's something that if you were to do... Like, I know, I remember doing it. Okay, so we're going to read this story. And then after the story, we're going to kind of process through what we just read, right? That could so easily translate into... Okay, so we're going to have this meeting... And right. after the meeting, I need you to tell me what you heard and how you were pressing. It, it transitions so well. Or even we had the conversation a few weeks ago of, again, another thing that we have to teach a lot of our students fresh out of high school is, here's how you write a professional email. Well, that's what I was just going to say. So that was our first writing um, test at the beginning yeah. of the year. They had to write me an email. Yeah. But we had to go through every part of an email. Mm-hmm. Who do you write, you know, the two bars for who you're writing it to. Mm -hmm. We talked about the importance of having a professional email address Mm -hmm. and not something that, you know, you'd be embarrassed (laughs) if your boss had to type it. What's the purpose of, you know, BCC and CCing people? And they'd never, I mean, they didn't know those features. And so I said, you know, as a teacher, I use BCC when I want my boss to know what's going on, but Mm -hmm. I don't want the other person to know my boss knows. Yeah. Um, we just did, we just did a lab on that a few weeks ago too. And I was explaining to them, like some people use BCC if somebody is like talking trash to them and then they don't know that their boss is in on the conversation and they were like, Ooh, I was like, I yeah, know it's, it's like the good, tea. Oh. It's a good tattling system. <laughs> yes. um, and even just then to have that conversation about privacy, mm-hmm. like I was like, there's conversations that we do not have over email because anyone you know, my boss, the IT people can access my email. Mm. And they were all like, what? And I was like, they're not private. Yeah. I'm like, or, and my coworker and I share a room, so he happened to be in there. I'm like, if I email him talking bad about somebody, I'm like, he can forward that to whoever he wants. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, so we don't do that. Like, we are really careful with how we use it. And then they had to, like, you know, make a subject line, an introduction. Yeah. I had taken your suggestion for that. Of course, it was the week we didn't have internet, but, um... (laughs) I wrote out text messages mm-hmm. and had kids walk around and analyze text messages. Yeah. Because we were, for those of you listening, we were talking about how, okay, you need to be really careful with the verbiage that you use in emails because, I mean, we all know that... It's hard to convey tone in <laughs> it's writing. It's hard to convey tone in writing. And so I made the recommendation. I was like, well, maybe instead of starting with emails, maybe you start with text messages because every student understands the ways that you can misread a text message and read drama into a text message it was so funny <laughs> i they wish i could have like, seen it who wrote these and of course like the ones that were really long and dramatic the boys were like these girls are crazy <laughs> like you know if someone texted you 10 times in a row like what are you doing what are you doing please reply like well how would you and then I'd, be, I'd be so annoyed i'm like don't do that to me don't text <laughs> me don't email me five times after school i don't check my email after school yeah 
you know, <laughs> you have to give your teachers for 24 hours to respond. And if yep. they don't, then you can email them again. <laughs> but to do it in text, you know, like you said, relatable, on on task. Um, the last writing they did, we focused a lot on editing. Mm-hmm. And, like, what does that look like to edit? Um you know, writing about yourself, but making sure that, you know, to proofread, because they don't know how to proofread anything. Um, I don't remember what this next writing is. Um, but yeah, but to make it more practical, and then next year we'll have a new course, another ESL course. Yeah. And we're really, we're going to try to take our curriculum and break it into two, so it'll last two years. Mm-hmm. And it's literally just going to be, like, school su- success skills yeah. to fill in the gaps. Like, yeah. <laughs> how do you study? How do you take a test? How do you email teachers? Yeah. Um, how do you keep track of missing work? I don't have any kids who use a <laughs> oh planner. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And that's the other thing is it's like, so we we actually ended up finally, we were like, okay, we need to figure out how we're measuring growth for our students, right? And we are like, okay, so if, if our goal is to train them to be the most hireable people we can and they need to gain experience and all these things, let's let's set it up where, where they have to set a goal each semester so that they're being intentional to work towards something, right? And the first year that we did this, we were like, oh, this is such a great idea. And our students were like, yeah, this is such a great idea. They're like, okay, great. So what goal do you want to set? They're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even know what I haven't learned yet. Yeah. And so I ended up pulling a bunch of, like, resumes and job descriptions. And I wrote out a list. It's, I think it's, like, 40 or 50 items of, like, here, he, here are all the traits that we look for in employees. And some of them are soft skills. It's things like they need to have good communication skills. They need to have good people skills. Yeah. Um, you know, they need to learn how to run a meeting. And some of them are really practical skills. Um, for example, our church uses planning center a lot. So they need to kind of sort of know how to do that. Um, they need to have some basic email skills. If they're going to be a worship pastor, they probably should know about music. Right. <laughs> you know, some of those basic things. And we put this list together. And, and this is, you know, now this is the word bank of here's some ideas of what you can set a goal to learn more about. Um, but it's interesting because so many people don't think about the soft skills. Because mm-hmm. you're going to want an employee who knows how to manage their own stress. Right. And so... It's even things like, okay, how can we teach them things like that? Yeah. How can we teach them? I, I will never forget. We had a, a training when I was a student, and one of the staff members just started waving in front of his face. <laughs> and he was like, the biggest lesson you can learn is how to control this. Mm-hmm. Because people will say some crazy things to you. <laughs> and the best defense that you have is to not show that you are shocked. <laughs> Your best, your best mode of defense is to just keep your face even keel so that you can process it inside your head. <laughs> and and I, I, just, <laughs> I have to send you, I just, we were watching Key and Peele earlier, okay. which is an old sketch show. And one of their first skits they did was um, the one guy pretending to be Obama. Yep. And you know, Obama was always very even keeled. Yeah. And so they said, you know, some people are worried that I don't express myself enough. So my friend here is going to be my anger interpreter. And so um, so Jordan Peele, as Obama, would say something very Obama-like, mm-hmm. you know, very professional. And then the guy next to him was like, and by that I mean, y'all be crazy. Yes. Nobody listens to me. Yes. And I was like, oh, I wish there wasn't so much cussing because I would show this to my students. Like, you can feel like that man that's jumping around. Yes. But you have to look like this man. Yes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'll share that with you. But, but yeah, so to, 
we actually that's what we're doing my students this year the curriculum's a little easy for them and mm-hmm. so I've started doing some emotional regulation stuff with mm-hmm. them because they really do when they are unregulated emotionally they either shut down or they walk out mm-hmm. and you can't do that in a job yeah I mean that's not true I took a personal day for mental health last week <laughs> so you can walk out but or like take it here, in. here's a, a great example that is funny um I think like my second week on the job working at church we had a woman come into church service with her pet bird on her shoulder. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> I remember you were like, what do I do? Yeah. She brought her pet her pet, pet bird to church. And you, I mean, you're at a church. You don't know what her mental health is. And people, I mean, here's the thing. People do not want to feel judged at a church. And so you have to control your face. You know, <laughs> and so we both, oh my gosh, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, so nice. Oh, I see you brought your bird. And her, yeah, he, her response was, yeah, he's a teenager, so I thought he would like the music. And we're like, okay. And we're like, well, the bird's not bothering anybody, so no biggie. And no joke, 10 minutes later, one of my coworkers comes out to me and goes, the bird is flying around the auditorium. <laughs> oh, so, no. Okay. <laughs> and you... you <laughs> You have to you have to roll with it. You have to stay calm. Oh my god. Because if you panic, everyone panics. You're like, okay, where's the bird seed? Yes. And and soon enough, you know, this woman came rolling out in her wheelchair and Oh my god. She was she I think it was just an insane story. Cause she's being now she's being rolled out of the auditorium with her bird on her shoulder. And um I look down and she's missing half of a leg. And there is a blood stain. Oh my god! On the end of her, of her leg that is growing, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, it looks like you're bleeding a little bit. Can we call somebody? Can I, sh- you know, let me get the first aid kit? But you have to stay chill, <laughs> because if I had said, oh my goodness, what are you thinking, bringing your bird in here, and you are bleeding, and we have to call nine one one, like that would have been a terrible experience. Yeah, that would have been a terrible experience. <laughs> More terrible. <laughs> More terrible. Um, so anyways, that's just a, that's a very, again, that was my second week on the job. Um, <laughs> anyways, it. but just another example of you need to be able to con- to control yourself yeah. in situations that you are not expecting. And that's true. I mean, I think those soft skills, emphasizing soft skills with students is, because yeah. that's any job. Yes. And every single job, you have to have a poker face at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, even last week, I knew I couldn't have a poker face, so I couldn't go into work. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, because I was like, I, I can't do it today, so mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try. Um, and I think, too, yeah, doing the practical stuff or even just sharing with students before they ask the why behind things. Yes. In every subject. Like, you know, I'm doing this because it's going to build to this. Or mm-hmm. if you teach a more practical subject... Thankfully, I'm in math, um, and, the, you know, three of my math classes are yeah. math. Algebra 1, Geometry, Algebra 2. Yeah. Very, you know, this is the lesson. This is how we apply it. Yeah. We told the kids, like, you know, in this math class in Geometry, for almost every problem, you're going to ask yourself, does it equal something else in the picture? You know, is it something equal something? Yeah. Or do the two things add up together to equal a known number? Yeah. And I'm like, every single problem. And so if we can see patterns, and that helps with other stuff. But the one math class I'm in is math apps. And so we, it's math applications. So we just finished a unit on um, simple interest rates and, you know, a deposit means add, a withdrawal means subtract. Um, So I was able to announce my pregnancy through that. Like, (laughs) Mrs. Lang has to buy a crib, a stroller, this, that. 
Um, but to explain to them, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about yeah. types of costs. And so we were like, make a list. What did you need for back to school? And find it a link on mm. Amazon. How Ooh. much does it cost you? That's a good idea. And so, and then to talk about, we talked about essential versus discretionary. So which of these do you need? Well, I need shoes. Okay, but did you need the $400 sneakers? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you need the cute backpack? Right. And so, you know, we have those kinds of conversations. Um, and the students can see the practical application of mm-hmm. it because it is a practical application math. Yeah. You know, we talk about interest rates yeah. and the, it's over the kids' heads. They're not yeah. buying houses or cars or anything like that. But I can say, hey, I'm having a kid. You know, mm-hmm. we put this much money in our savings account when the kid's born. Two grand. Yep. You know, one paycheck of mine or, mm-hmm. you know, a paycheck and a half of mine. In 18 years, what would that be at if I never touch it? Yeah. And I'm like, look up, you know, let's look up the interest rates right now. What are interest rates for saving accounts right now? Yeah. You know, 3.4%. Yeah. Okay, 3.4%. And we do all the math and yeah. they're like, holy cow, you'd have this much by the end of 18 years. So is that worth it, do you think, for my family? If my That my husband and I set that money aside? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're 16. What if you did that now for two years? Yeah. You know, just be like, I need some cash for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I'm trying to buy a car, leave it there for two years. By the time you're 18, yeah. you'd have X amount of money. Yeah. So that's been really cool in that class. But it's, yeah, there's some subjects it does not lend itself yeah. to. I will say, I think, I, I don't know this firsthand. What I've heard about our brother's school sounds like they would do this really well. I don't remember what what the term is for this. Yeah, and that was just the last episode I did. Um, I haven't listened to that one. Yeah, I I feel terrible. I'm gonna have to go catch up. Yeah, they um, their English and uh, well, mostly their math and science classes are um, related. So it's a problem solving. Yeah, they have a a quest a question for each semester, and they Mm -hmm. focus on that. Um, their English classes will often relate to that as well. Yeah. Um, so, so that works really well for yeah. him. So, for example, I think one example that our stepmom first gave me when she was explaining this type of education was, okay, so they're going to talk about water pollution or lack yeah. of clean water. And so in science, they're going to learn about water cleanliness and different bacteria that happen in the water. And in history, they're going to learn about um, what a lack of clean water has done throughout history. Does it cause wars? Does it cause, you know, civilizations to fall apart? Um, in math, we're going to do math and we're going to kind of talk about, okay, if you have this much water and I don't know. Yeah, solubility, um, all that stuff. Yeah, solubility. And so I think, like, when I first heard about that, that was really cool. And I think that in a perfect world, an education like that would do a good job of teaching our students Here's how what you're learning can be used. Yeah. And our other brother goes, um, just graduated from the tech school. Yeah. And so he, our district requires they have to take English classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but his school program was like, you just have to pass. And he literally <laughs> yeah. passed with a 62%. Um, yes. But all of his electives were stuff he wants to do. And yeah. so now he's in college to do um, computer programming. Yeah. And he's already, um, he programmed a robot, an underwater fighting robot. He's made multiple apps. He's yeah. made multiple um, websites. And he already has that experience. And those are the classes he aced. Or if he didn't <laughs> ace it, it was because he's so much of a perfectionist, he didn't turn in his project on time. <laughs> he was like, it's not done yet. And the teacher's like, just submit something, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. But that made it, to him, that made it not worth it, but it made it easier to do the subjects yes. that were not applicable. Yes. His English teacher was like, he's like, I, 
I don't care. And she's like, I know. <laughs> Please turn in these two things. You'll get yeah. a 62%. You'll graduate. And then he went straight to the tech college and is just doing the stuff he wants to do. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, those programs are kind of big picture what we would like for our students. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even just as, you know, a math teacher and the students are like, oh, this is so hard. Algebra two is so hard. And I'm like, this is a great lesson on how to ask for help when yes. you need help. How to work with a partner. Yeah. How to ask questions. Yeah. Just doing something difficult and mm-hmm. persevering and yeah. wow, that neighbor is loud. Yeah. Um all of those things I think in just a regular school system, teachers can do a better job emphasizing. Absolutely. When we just run our classes as sit and get and you have to learn this because I'm telling you you have to or because it's in the curriculum. Yeah. It doesn't make the kids want to be invested at all unless yeah. they're, I mean, I liked all my English classes in high school because I wanted to be an English major. Like, yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't teach them to engage in an office setting either. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's now like an hour past our dinner time because we're old people. <laughs> um, but it's always a pleasure. Um, if you want to follow along with this discussion, I am trying to keep posting on reimagine.teaching at Instagram. Um, if you have recommendations for other places that I should be posting so more people see it, please let me know. <laughs> um, and it's been hard to stay on top of that. Our school, um, I've just been busy with work and the pregnancy stuff and um, <laughs> it's been a lot. But thank you so much for listening. Um, p- feel free to message me on Instagram if you have questions um, or would like to be a guest. We're kind of running to the end of my stockpile of podcasts. So if you'd like to come on and chat about something education related and how we can reimagine Um, just the question of how can we reimagine this, um, has been really helpful for me this year in the stuff that's come up at school. Um, even if I can't burn the whole system to the ground and start over, (laughs) I can at least consider what is a step I could take. Maybe we can burn down small sections at a time. Yeah. Just like light a little (laughs) match and sing kubaya. No. Um, last week was really rough at, at work for me and to be able to say, okay, how can I reimagine this little piece or Mm -hmm. how can I bring the people who frustrated me into this conversation of well then you need to come help me reimagine this yeah um just that piece has been really really um powerful for me this school year and I'm I'm so grateful to have a space to talk about that would love to have that conversation with more people so Mm -hmm. all right thanks again that's reimagine.teaching on Instagram um or you can listen to our other episodes of this podcast yeah